Well, 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 good morning, Southview. How are we? All right. Glad to have you with us today. The few, the proud, the brave coming in today, riding in on your Christmas boats. So good to have you with a little flotilla coming down with lights. It's awesome. Glad to have you with us today. If you're a guest with us, welcome to you. My name is Brad. I'm the pastor here at Southview, and it's wonderful to have you worshiping with us today. Before we jump in together in worship, I just got a couple of quick things I want to throw your way. Some announcements um, that we have, just some things that you know what's going on, our big three announcements here at Southview. One is this, beginning in January, we're going to have our first new members class of 2024, okay? You're going to want to be a part of this. It's January 14th, 21st, and 28th, three weeks. Uh, meets during the 9.30 hour. Um, uh, and so to sign up for that, text the word MEMBER to our number, 910-424-1298. Text the word MEMBER uh, to get signed up for that. Uh, it'll be a time for you to learn about Southview, who we are, what we do, why we do it, how you can be plugged in and a part here. I want to encourage you, that's your next step, all right? If you've been hanging out here for a while, uh, as you go into 2024, this is your next step, all right? Sign up for membership class, text the word MEMBER to sign up for that. Second is this. Also in January, January 21st, 
we're going to be beginning um, our next round of Every Man a Warrior groups, okay? These are our men's Bible study groups. They're phenomenal. You're going to want to be a part of this, all right? If you're one of our guys, text the word warrior to our number to sign up. Uh, so we're going to have on January 21st an informational meeting, all right? January 21st at 6 o'clock, you're going to come and just learn about it. All right, what it is, what it means, what the expectations are, what you're committing to. If you've never been a part of one, come and be a part. Six o'clock, January 21st. Text Warrior to sign up so we know that you're coming. If you're one of our leaders, we're going to meet with you at four o'clock. So you don't be um, uh, be sure to be a part of that. But you're going to want to be a part of this group, guys. It's a, an amazing group. A way for you to learn how to just be a a, a faithful follower of Jesus Christ and a warrior for the gospel of Jesus Christ in your family, in your world, in your church. You're going to want to be a part of that. Uh, and third and finally, our, our announcement is this. Christmas, all right? Next weekend is Christmas. So for Sunday... Uh, Christmas Eve, we've got two things I want you to know about. Number one, Christmas Eve morning at 11 o'clock, we're going to have one service. We're not going to have a 930, no kids ministry, no youth ministry, no journey groups, just one service at 11 o'clock. Come and be a part of that. We're going to be finishing up our series for the cast of Christmas next Sunday morning at 11 o'clock. Come and be a part of that. And then come back again that evening, Sunday 5 o'clock for our Christmas Eve candlelight service. It is a wonderful way for you to get plugged in and connected. A wonderful way for you to start this Christmas season. Uh, it's a wonderful, amazing worship time together. One of our highlights of the year. So that's Sunday morning at 11. We're going to be finishing up our services together. And then 5 o'clock come back for our candlelight Christmas Eve service. And then for all the other announcements, you can download our app. You can give online through the app. Find journey groups through the app. Sign up for things on the app. All of that. Uh, that's the way for you to stay plugged in and connected here at Southview. And if you're a guest with us, I'd love for you to do two things for me, okay? Uh, if you're a guest with us today, number one, I'd love for you to grab your cell phone and text the word CONNECT to our number, 910-424-1298. Please do that so we can know who you are and how we can uh, pray for you, minister to you. Secondly, if you're a guest with us, at the end of service, my wife and I are going to be at the Welcome Center in the back. Please come back there and say hello uh, so we can put a name with the face and know who you are. So do those two things for me if you're a guest. I would really appreciate that. Now, for us today as we worship together. Um, during our uh, time in the Word later today, we're going to be looking at Mary as we go through the different people involved in the Christmas story. And, and I want to read for you a scripture that we're not going to necessarily be looking at during the sermon, but I think it's really significant. I love this. Luke chapter 2, verse 19. So the shepherds came, and they're telling Mary and Joseph what the angels have said, and the shepherds leave, and they're going to tell everybody else, and everybody's getting all worked up and excited and, 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 and just, just absolutely overjoyed with what's happening. But listen to what Mary did. Luke 2, 19. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. Mary's reaction was different than the shepherds and different than those who heard. She calmly took it all in meditated over it in her heart seeking to understand the deeper meaning of it all. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, 2 and 7 says that we're called to do the exact same thing. 
2 Timothy 2, 7 says, Think over what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. What I want you to see is this. So Mary's response was different than the shepherds and the people that the shepherds told. They all got excited about it and kind of just shot off. Mary sat still, thought through this thing, and really pondered and meditated on what God was doing here. And then again, 2 Timothy chapter 2 tells us to do the same thing. Think on these things. Meditate on them. God will give you understanding. One of the things that stops us from growing spiritually is not stopping and really soaking in and meditating on what God is teaching us. We just kind of hear something and go, oh, that's good. Or, oh, pastor really stepped on my toes. Or, oh, that's convicting. And then, boom, we shoot off somewhere else and we just kind of forget about it. You had to sit and meditate on it. So last night, we had our first annual Christmas chili cook-off here at our church, and it was amazing. If you did not come to that, you missed it, all right? We had smoked beef chili. We had bacon chili. Someone from the Midwest introduced me to cinnamon rolls and chili. That Apparently, that's a thing. It was awesome. But what you do when you're making these things is what? You, you got to cook this stuff and let it come together. And then you got to let it simmer, right? You got to let it cook. You got to let all the juices and all the things and all the spices cook together so that the taste really comes alive. You don't make chili in 10 minutes. It takes time. You have to let all this stuff come together. Here's my encouragement for you in the Lord, right? Here's, here's your homework assignment. As you hear God speak to your heart, as we go into God's word here just a little bit, as, you, as God is speaking to you and throughout your life and, and throughout your quiet time with him, don't just read through your quiet time and just shoot off. Stop and ponder, meditate. Take a verse and ponder on that and meditate that all throughout the day. Let it sink in. Let God speak to you in these things. So for us here today, as we do that, here's what I want us to do. Here's, here's what I want you to be thinking through. As we go through today, whether it be a line from one of the songs that we sing, whether it be a scripture that we read here in just a little bit, whatever it is, I want you to catch a hold of something. And I don't want it to go just in one ear and out the other. I don't want it to just go in and you go, oh, that's good. And then you shoot off. Stop. Grab it. Take it in. Ponder. Meditate. Soak in on it. Marinate in it. Let God speak to you. So I want to encourage you to stand with us. We're going to be singing and worshiping together. I'm going to go ahead and ask you to stand. I'm going to pray over us as we do this. I want to ask that God kind of gives us a, a, a quickened, alive spirit to catch what he's saying to us. Grab it, ponder it, and let God speak to our hearts. So God, I just thank you. I pray God today as we worship, as we read your word, as we encourage one another, as these things are being said to us and around us, I pray, God, that we'll be quick to hear what you're saying to us, quick to hear things that resonate in our spirits, and we grab that. And we don't just move on to the next thing. We don't just let it go in one ear and out the other. We don't just hear something and go, ooh, that's good, and then move on. Let us grab things and ponder them, meditate on them to really seek to discern the deeper meaning of what it is you're saying to us, to discern even deeper who you are, God, and what it is you're calling us to. Let us be thinkers, meditators, ponderers of your word. 
allowing it to meditate, to, 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 to marinate into our hearts, and it changes. Do this in us, Jesus, as we worship you. We pray this in your name. Amen.
ready to cast for the part of Mary. Next. Hi, my name is Connie, which is so opposite of Mary. Connie, <laughs> I was named after my aunt. It's such a hard name. Mary's such a sweet, soft name. You're fine. Thanks for taking time to come out today and audition. So, you want to portray the role of Mary in the live nativity? Oh, I'm sorry. I have to take this. Um, what is it? The food is in the refrigerator. I'm auditioning for the live nativity thingy at the church. You stick it in the microwave for four minutes on high. On high? High! Put our son on the phone, please. Hi, sweetie. Hey, can you help Daddy cook his dinner? Put it in the microwave on... Yep. Yep, you got it. Level two for... for four minutes. Okay. Okay. Put Daddy back on the phone. Enjoy! I am so sorry. My world just never stops. Totally okay. You have a lot in common with Mary. Her world didn't stop either. You're right, which makes it even more perfect. I've seen the live nativity so many times and I just thought, well, why not? I can stand there and hold a baby. Heaven knows I have three. <laughs> Are you ready to read some lines for Mary? She has lines? I mean, I didn't think there were lines. I've always just just seen her look longingly at Jesus and then look back up at Joseph and then do the Joseph to Jesus, Jesus to Joseph. See, I can do that. But reading lines? Well, it's Mary. She's the mom of the Son of God. I wouldn't even know what she sounds like. I assure you, the lines are straight from the Bible. That makes our script. Yeah, but... What? I read the script, or the Bible, and... <laughs> you see... Luke 1, 
verse 30 says, And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Yes, and? Well, well, I, I don't know if I've found favor with God. And I would hate for my words or my life to misrepresent what took place that day. I can pose, though, and look longingly at Jesus. I hear what you're saying, Connie. That's what we all should be doing this holiday and every day. Oh, I am so sorry. Oh, it's, it's my mom. I have to take this. She hasn't been doing so well. And can I just, for a minute, hi, mom. Well, I'm right in the middle of auditioning for Mary for the live nativity. Yes, the Virgin Mary. Yes, Mom, I realize that. What's up? Oh, sure, sure, I'll come over right after this. No, not a problem. Your grandson made dinner, so we are fine. Huh? Mom, you'll have to tell me who was on Fox News later when I come over, okay? Okay, I love you too, Mom. Well, I really botched this audition. I'll just get my things and... I think the part of Mary would be perfect for you. Just as Mary had doubts and questioned the angel saying, how can this be? I can see that you doubt too. You see, Mary was favored. That means she was gracious, caring, considerate, freely giving of her love. I think you embody that totally. Oh, wow. I, I don't feel those things. As a mom and a wife, I just, I always feel like I'm gripey, yelling and trying to stay one step ahead of everything, but feeling like I'm always failing. Read Luke chapter one, verses 26 through 38. Uh, okay. Um, Luke one, verses 26 through 38. Okay. In the sixth month, God sent to the angel Gabriel to Nazareth. God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, "Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you." Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, "Do not be afraid, Mary." For you have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God, for nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. So, what do you think? Oh, I don't know. The angel said she was highly favored, and I'm just me. Connie, you're his child, too. Your name is beautiful to the creator of the universe. It seems impossible. 
but you just read that nothing is impossible for God. You'll do great, Connie. Yeah. Hey, I like the way you say my name. I can't wait to be in this play, even if it's just for one night. Maybe my world will spin slower. Maybe I can be quiet for a little bit and just look at Jesus. You don't have to wait. Well, as a wise woman once said, may it be to me as you have said. Oh, hey, if you had a Bible, let's find Luke chapter 1 together, all right? Luke chapter 1. So as we are working our way through the Christmas story, seeing different people within the Christmas story and how God used them, we come today to the story of Mary. Um, I want us to kind of go through the scripture together and we'll kind of work our way through it. And then like we did last week with Joseph, we'll just kind of pick out a few words that can sort of describe Mary and see two things. One, what was going on in Mary at that time. But then secondly, what is God saying to us about all of this? So Luke chapter 1, we're going to pick it up in verse 26 together, all right? Luke 1, verse 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. So real quick, we, we, we talked about Joseph last week, right? We talked about how Joseph and Mary are betrothed, which means they're not legally married yet, but they're legally bound to be married, right? And it says here that they're from uh, the uh, town of Nazareth. Now, Nazareth was a complete and total hole-in-the-wall nothing place, right? It's just nothing. Uh, in fact, in John chapter 1, when Nathaniel is brought and introduced to Jesus, someone says, hey, we think Jesus is the Messiah. He's from Nazareth. And remember what Nathaniel's response to him was? Nazareth? Nothing good comes out of Nazareth. Right? you got to be kidding me right now. It's a complete hole-in-the-wall place. Mary and Joseph are just simple, non-assuming teenage kids. Mary, who we're going to be focusing on today, uh, it's, it's kind of guesswork, but if you look uh, culturally at the time when a uh, young, uh, young woman would be betrothed to be married, she's probably guessing anywhere between 13 and 15. I mean, she's a, we would call a kid, right? And so here she is. Verse 28, this angel comes, verse 28 and he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, 
for you have found favor with God. I think verse 29 might be one of the great understatement verses of the entire Bible. Right? So, she's just hanging out, doing her thing, out of nowhere. An angel appears to her. And I love the way it describes it, verse 29. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. In the Greek, that means she was losing it, right? She was absolutely losing it. You know why we know that? Because verse 30 says the angel has to tell her, don't be afraid, right? Calm down. It's going to be okay. Every time an angel appears to someone in the Bible, they immediately have to tell them to not be afraid, right? Angels are not little fat babies wearing diapers and playing harps, okay? The Bible describes them as quite terrifying creatures, right? Multiple wings and, and just fire and flame and just these spiritual beings that live in the presence of God and do his work and bidding. They are terrifying creatures. And so Mary is confronted by this angel. He begins speaking to her. She is discerning what manner of greeting this might be. He has to tell her to calm down. Verse 31, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, and he will be great, and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. So we're introduced now to a phrase called the virgin birth. Mary was a virgin. It is clear from the scriptures that is true. This is why Joseph knew very quickly it was not his child, right? That is established fact. But the angel comes and says, you will conceive in your womb from God. So the virgin birth is extremely important, just super quick. It is a uniquely Christian idea. Um, The virgin birth is one of the most essential doctrines of the Christian faith. If you deny the virgin birth, you stop being a Christian, right? It's kind of that big of a deal. Um, for two reasons. Number one, the Bible says it's true. And two, the whole point is Jesus is fully God and fully man. The only way he can be fully God and fully man is if he is born of woman but conceived by God. Does that make sense? Right? So this is central to the Christian faith. Anyone who tries to kind of deny the virgin birth, well, I mean, not really. Right? That, you stop being Christian at that point. Right? It's extremely important, so this is what we have happening here. Verse 34, and Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I am a virgin? The the phrase there, I am a virgin, literally what she says is in the Greek is, how will this be since I know not a man, right? I, I have no understanding or idea as to how this is working, what you're talking about, right? And she asked a very good question. Uh, how will this be? Verse 35, the angel explains, And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. Literally, the angel is saying that God's going to do this. The Spirit of God will uh, overshadow you. And therefore, now this child is going to be called Holy because it is uniquely conceived by God. 36, and behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. Look at that verse 37 real quick. For nothing will be impossible with God. 
Again, sort of literally how you can translate that out is, for no word of God shall be powerless. Right? Nothing will be impossible. No word of God, no proclamation of God will be devoid of power. Everything God says he's going to do, he will do. Nothing is impossible for him. If he has said, I'm going to do this thing, you can trust that he is going to do this thing. You can trust that God will do what he says. Not one word from God will be without power. The angel's telling Mary, you can believe this will happen because God said it will happen. And for you and I as well, you can believe because God said it so. God said it. You can believe that you are forgiven by God because God said you are. You can believe that you are loved by God because God said you are. When God says something, it's true. But he doesn't just stop there. He drops another little nugget in verse 36. If you would look back up at that, he says, And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this, and is, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. He gives this amazing promise, but he also gives a little evidence. He's like, okay, all right, you want to know how we can do this thing? Elizabeth, who is elderly and barren, she's having a child also. So what is happening here, God is showing off, right? Elderly women who are barren are having kids. Young virgins are having kids. What's being shown here is this. Nothing will be impossible with God. This is what he's trying to show us here. Nothing is impossible. I am doing the miraculous, and I'm showing you I'm about to do something great. Just like I'm doing something great in these women who have no business doing what they're doing right now, having these children, just like I'm doing something miraculous in them, I'm doing something miraculous in you. And this child that's going to be born from Mary, he's going to do something great in you that you can't even begin to think or fathom or imagine because nothing will be impossible with God. And then verse 38, and Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. All right, so, so again, I want to do with Mary what we did with Joseph last week, all right? I, I want to highlight uh, three words, all right? And we're going to kind of work our way back to the text and want us to see it. And I want us to see what amazing things are happening here with Mary, what's going on with her, and what this means for us, okay? So first word is this, favor. Look at it. Look at verse 28, favor. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. And he uses it again in verse 30. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. So up in verse 28 it says, O favored one. So it's a Greek word, cheratuo. This is really important. I try to refrain from going Greek geek unless it matters. And it matters. So stick with me for the next five minutes. This is a cool nugget. This word, O favored one, cheratuo, it's only used two times in the entire Bible. That's it. This is one, and there's another one. This is it. This word cheratuo is a very special word. It means highly above and beyond favored and anointed. It means grace of God on someone like never before. Right? The super abounding, overflowing, never seen before grace and favor of God placed on an individual, all right? Cheratuo, very unique word, 
only used twice in the entire Bible. Here's one. He looks at Mary and says, Grace and favor of God, like as never seen before on a human, is placed on you, Mary. This is why the KJV and, and New KJV, if you have those, adds a little phrase in there. And, uh, you know, blessed are you among women. This idea, again, that Mary is uniquely and highly favored beyond anyone else who's ever lived. All right, you tracking with that? That's what we see happening here. Oh, favor everyone. Chera to oh, highly anointed, favored grace on you like no human has ever experienced in all of time. That's what's happening here. But I mentioned to you that there's a second time that word is used. And that time is found in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 6. Just listen to what it says. And I got it up on the screen. Same word. To the praise of God's glorious grace which he has blessed us in the beloved. The word blessed, same word, cheratuo, highly anointed, overflowing favor of God. Now I want you to notice Ephesians 1.6. Who is receiving this highly anointed favor and grace of God? Us. Here's what I want you to see. The same exact favor and grace of God that was on Mary that allowed her to literally carry God in her womb. That same grace, favor, and anointing is on you through faith in Jesus. The same grace that was on Mary is on you. The same favor of God that was on Mary is on you through faith in Jesus. Mary was just a woman. What allowed her to carry the Son of God in her womb and be the mother of the Son of God on earth was not the fact that she by herself was just so uniquely special and different from everyone else. What allowed her to be able to do that was God's hand of grace was placed on her. The same grace that allowed Mary to have that kind of unique relationship with God allows you and I to have a unique and intimate relationship with God. In fact, as Jesus grows up in the Gospels, he, at one point he's in a house ministering and his mom and brothers and sisters show up to get him. People come to Jesus and say, hey, your mom and your siblings are outside. And Jesus says, no, 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 look around the room. This is my mother and my brothers and my sisters. What's he saying there? It's not the physical relationship that allowed Mary to have that unique kind of thing with Jesus. It was the grace of God. And that same grace of God is on us as well. The same grace of God that allowed Mary to have that kind of intimate relationship with Jesus. You have also. That same grace is on you and I. Not only that, not only the grace for her to carry Jesus and have that kind of intimate relationship with Jesus. The grace that allowed Mary to endure the difficulty and the hardship of raising Jesus. Um, just jot this verse down, or if you're in Luke 1, you can skip over a page or two. You can see it, Luke chapter 2, verse 35. It's not going to be on the screen. But in Luke chapter 2, 
So Jesus is born, and they take Jesus to the temple to present him to the temple for circumcision and, and going through all the rites and rituals. While they're there, um, uh, a man by the name of Simeon comes up and begins prophesying over Jesus. He's, he's a faithful man of God. He's waiting for the Messiah. He realizes immediately who Jesus is. Luke 2.35, he's talking about Jesus. And even in your Bible, it's a little parentheses. It's like it's almost a little parenthetical thought. He also adds, he's talking about Jesus It's almost like he darts his eyes over at Mary and drops a little nugget in for her as well. In Luke 2.35, he drops a nugget of what it's going to actually be like to be the mother of Jesus. You ready for this? Luke 2.35, he says, A sword will pierce through your heart as well. You know what it's like to be the mother of Jesus? It's like being stabbed in the heart. I mean, imagine. We've already talked about last week, she's going to lose her husband at a young age. And that had to be done because Jesus is going to say that he's the son of God. So the earthly dad, Joseph, had to die. So she's going to lose her husband. And then she's going to see her son mocked and betrayed and tortured and executed. And as she is standing there at the foot of his cross, watching him, slowly tortured to death, experiencing the physical pain, and not only that, the spiritual pain of having the wrath of God for our sin put on him. It was like a sword pierced through her heart. You know what? She needed the grace of God to go through that. She needed God's grace. And what I want you to see is the same grace that allows Mary to have that kind of intimate relationship with Jesus, the same grace that allows Mary to walk through that kind of painful thing in her life is the same grace on you and I. You lack none of that. You miss none of that. Every drop of grace that was poured on to Mary to allow her to have this is poured on to you as well. We just started walking around here just going, hello, highly favored one. Put that junk on your resume. Just see what happens, right? Skill set, highly favored. Really? See Ephesians 1.6. Not sure you're going to get the job, but you'll make a point. Put it on your business card. We need to start seeing ourselves the way that God sees us. Right? The reason that we struggle so mightily is because we don't understand the amazing grace of God poured onto us through faith in Christ, the high favor of God placed onto us that allows us to have that kind of relationship with God and the ability to walk through seasons, times, maybe even entire lifetimes, that can be painful. The grace of God allows you to do that. The second thing that I think goes very hand in hand with this, the second word I want you to see, Faith. Faith. All right? So let's look at it. So, again, Mary was a woman of faith, but I want you to see, it's not like that weird cartoon faith. She was an actual woman, a real flesh and blood person, who was told to do something crazy. I want you to see how she walked through that with faith, and I think that lines up much more with what we really understand Faith in our own life. 
and not just this, again, like the video, it's like not just this, you know, nice, sweet, you know, no issues, no questions. It's not the way it works. So look again, verse 34. So the angel comes, and look what he says. He says to her, you know, you're going to have a child. And she responds in verse 34 to the angel, how will this be since I am a virgin? Now let's unpack this just for a quick moment, all right? Let's unpack this um, to see what's happening here. Mary asked a question, but and it's a very important thing, and I want you to understand the distinction. Mary asked a question of God, but she was not questioning God. Does that make sense? And we have to understand the distinction because we'll put condemnation on ourselves for asking a question because we feel like we're questioning God. I want you to see Mary asked a question of God, but was not doubting and questioning God. She trusted him. We'll see that. But she's still, she's still a human being trying to walk through something that is absolutely way over her head right now. So how I want to unpack this is I want to see her question, how, how she responded and asked the question versus another guy earlier in Luke chapter 1, Zechariah. All right, so I want us to compare these two. So let's look at Zechariah's question. So who's Zechariah? So back up in Luke chapter 1, um, Zechariah and Elizabeth. We've already seen Elizabeth be referenced as the elderly woman who was barren. Her husband, Zechariah, he's a priest. So Zechariah and Elizabeth, faithful man and woman of God. They love God. Zechariah is a priest. Um, and God is going to bless them with a child who is ultimately going to become John the Baptist. All right, so how he does this is Zechariah is in the temple, ministering in the temple, doing his deal. While he's in the temple, an angel appears to him and says, God has heard your prayer, Zechariah, and God is going to bless you with a child. And in Luke chapter 1, verse 18, here's how Zechariah responds. How shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife is advanced in years. So on the surface, those two questions look very similar, right? Zechariah asks, how shall I know this? Mary's going to ask, how, will, how can this be? But I want you to see the angel, same angel Gabriel, responds to these two very differently. Zechariah asks, how can I know this since I'm old, my wife is old? I mean, hello? The angel responds in verse 20 by saying, Behold, you will be silent and unable to speak until the day that these things take place because you did not believe my words, which, we, which will be fulfilled in their time. Zechariah asked, How will I know this is going to be true? The angel was like, Mute. Just hit the mute button. Click. And if you read back in Luke chapter 1, Zechariah comes stumbling out of the temple and was like, What's going on? What's up? He's like, what happened? He must have seen an angel. But then Gabriel goes to Mary. Same thing, Mary, you're going to have a child. And Mary asks, how will this be since I'm a virgin? Gabriel then responds to her very graciously and just answers the question. Well, here's how it's going to happen, ain't Mary? Right? You're going to... Holy Spirit's going to come upon you, and you're going to have a child. Why does the angel respond so differently with those two? I think the key is in this. Look at verse 34, how Zechariah is responding. The answer is found in one word, no. 
Zechariah asks, how will I know this? The word know there means to understand something intimately and perfectly. No questions, no doubts. I totally get it. I totally understand it. I see all the angles. I see what, when, where, why, how. I get it all figured out. I got it. Boom. Nice and neat. I know this. So he's asking, how can I perfectly know everything? Right? Give me all the answers to all the questions on all the tests. I don't believe you. Help me figure this thing out. How do I know this is true? Zechariah is saying, prove it. Prove it. I don't believe you. I'm old. She's old. Don't tell her I said that. But this ain't happening, Captain. Prove it. And the angel says, mute. Conversely, though, Mary, she asks the question, how can this be? But if you were to jump down to verse 45 of Luke 1, when she goes and meets Elizabeth, we see she actually believes. Verse 45, Mary says to her, and blessed is she, Mary, who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. Zachariah is asking, how can I believe this? Mary is asking, I believe this, but how's it going to happen? And I want you to understand this. I want you to see the faith that Mary is walking in. And I want you to see how even though she has faith, she's asking questions. She's trying to, she's trying to again, she's pondering in her heart these things. She's trying to get, she's not doubting, she's legitimately trying to get deeper understanding of what God is doing. Does that make sense? And the same thing for you and I. Listen, it is possible for you to totally trust God and still have questions. That doesn't mean that you don't trust God. That doesn't mean that you're doubting. That doesn't mean you're making him prove it to you. And I trust you entirely, God. I believe you at your word. I know that you're going to do this. But I have no idea how. I do not get this at all. It could be that you're sitting here today and you say, God, I know you're going to bring me through this thing. But I have no idea how you're going to do it. God, I know that you're going to give me strength in this. I have no strength. I don't know where it's coming from, but I know you're going to give it to me. I know you're going to do it. God, I don't know how I'm going to be obedient to this thing you're telling me to do, but I know you're going to empower me. Right? You see the difference? This is what Mary is saying. Right? I believe you at your word, God. I know that you're going to do this because you said that you're going to do it. I have no clue how, but I completely trust you. We, I think we get it confused. We, we, we feel like if, if we have any question, that means we're doubting, or we feel like to have faith means we have to have all the questions answered. Neither of those things are accurate. Right? You can trust God for something and have no idea how he's going to do it. And you can come with a heart full of faith and say, God, how are you going to do this? <laughs> I completely trust you. But how in the world are you going to do this? Right? You've got someone to come to faith that you're praying for them to come to faith in Christ. And you are not seeing that thing happen. Right? You are, you're trusting God for that. You're praying fervently for that. You are not seeing this thing move at all. 
And you're asking, God, I trust you for this. I believe that you are going to do this. But I have no idea how. Right? You can still walk in faith, trust in God. And then I want to see the last thing. Faithfulness. Man, I love verse 38. Mary showed faithfulness. And Mary said to the angel, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. I want you to notice two things. One, Mary first responded by acknowledging the fact that she was God's servant. She was the maidservant of the Lord, and it was not her position to debate with the master about what he told her to do. One of the most, personally speaking, one of the most difficult things for my life that I had to cross a line in my own personal life and walk with the Lord that was difficult for me to do, but when I did it, it was life-changing. And I think everyone here needs to make the same jump. When I came to the realization, and not just knew it in my head, but truly in my heart, right? That 18 inches from the head to the heart's hard. These are things that we know in our head, but you have to in your heart go, this is just true. When I came to the realization and I fully committed my life to saying, God, I am your servant and I will do whatever you tell me to do. I will go wherever you tell me to go. I will be whoever you tell me to be. I'm not going to try to make my plans in my life and my future anymore. I trust you. Just like Mary here, I am the servant of the Lord. I just follow him. And then she follows that up with this amazing statement. Let it be to me according to your word. Let it be to me according to your word. What? I mean, if you're looking for a life verse, right? We all like life verses. Like, what's your life verse? Could I recommend to you Luke 138, where your heart to God is just, let it be to me according to your word. Like, so I'm not a tattoo guy. I don't have a tattoo for two main reasons. Uh, one, I hate needles. I'm pretty sure they were created in hell. Um, so the idea of just like, let me just sit and just get poked a thousand times. Like, not interested. Um, uh, second, um, I second guess what I order for lunch. But like to like, like oh, this is going to be on me forever. That makes me nervous. I, I just, you know. Um, but if you're a tattoo person, I, I don't know if I should give tattoo advice. This is going off the rails. I apologize. Let it be to me according to your word. I mean, if you want to just have a verse to set on your heart towards God, I can't think of a better one. God, just let it be to me according to your word. Whatever your word says of me is true of me. Whatever your word tells me to do, that's what I'm going to do. Whatever word your word tells me not to do, I'm not going to touch it. Let it be to me according to your word. If you're looking for how to have a blessed life, there you go. Right? That's the thing. That's it. Just let it be to me according to your word. Whatever your word says, that's how I want to live. Let's think about these words. Let's think about these words about Mary. Favor of God. Faith in God. Faithfulness to God. Here's what I want you to do. Um, so remember Mary pondered on these things, and I said that 2 Timothy 2.7 tells us to think on these things and that God will give us understanding. Here's my encouragement for you as we wrap up our time here today. 
Look at these words that describe Mary. The favor of God on her that is also on you through faith in Jesus Christ. The faith in God that she had to not know all the answers and not even know the questions that she needs to be asking and have a lot of things twirling around in her head of what this might mean. But God, I trust you. Or the faithfulness to say, I'm your servant. Let it be to me according to your word. Whatever you say, I'll do. For you, my encouragement for you as we just end our time together, just spending a little time in prayer. Pick one of these. Is there one that kind of resonates in your spirit a little bit more that kind of pricks your heart of, okay, God, that's, that's you're speaking that to me. I need to understand the grace of God that is on me. And I'm not the same person that I used to be because your grace has made me new. Or I see, God, that I need to trust you and walk forward in faith because what your word says is right. Or I need to be a a man and a woman of faithfulness. Let it be to me according to your word. I'm your servant. I want to live how you tell me to live and do what you tell me to do. Nothing more and nothing less. Or is there one of those that kind of resonates in your heart? I want to encourage you just to kind of, this morning, grab one. Just grab one and take just some time here this morning asking God to to speak to you about it. Think about these things. Ponder it in your heart what it means for this to be true of you. I encourage you to bow your heads. Just take a couple of minutes here pondering these things. Let God speak to you and resonate these truths in your spirit. God, I thank you that you give us people in the scriptures to be examples, to be heroes, to be models. But I thank you, God, also that there's no such thing as varsity and JV Christian. And there's nothing that we see in the scriptures that cannot be true of us as we trust by faith in you as well. I pray, God, today that we will see the same grace and favor that was on Mary that allowed her to have that kind of intimate relationship with you, Jesus, and walk through that kind of difficult life and faithfulness to you, that's available for us. The faith that allowed Mary to step forward in an unsure and difficult situation, that same faith is available to us. The faithfulness that allowed Mary to say, I am your servant. Let it be to me according to your word. That same faithfulness is available to us. There is nothing we are lacking. We have everything we need for all of life and godliness in you, Jesus, already given to us in the Holy Spirit. So I pray today that we are encouraged and emboldened 
and empowered and excited about what it means for us today, going into 2024, to be men and women of God, full of your favor, faith in you, committed to faithfulness in you, and we're walking forward as mature men and women of God, living lives that bring you glory and honor. Thank you, Jesus, for making this possible. We pray this in your name.
end our time together. Two more quick things for you. One, again, if you're a guest with us, we'd love to meet you in the back. My wife and I will be back there. Please come by and say hello. Second is this, beginning in January as well, we're going to start a new equip class called the Foundations of the Faith, Fundamentals of the Faith. Uh, this is an, a, a, a significantly important class. It's going to walk through just the foundations, the fundamentals of what it means to be a Christian. If you are new to the Christian faith, if you've been a Christian for a long time but feel like you should be farther along than you are, this is step one for you, okay? We always try to provide what's the next step. This is going to be a next step for you. If you want to be a part of that, we'll be talking more about it in the weeks to come, but text the word FAITH to our number, 910-424-1298. We'll get you signed up for that. It's going to be a next step for so many of you. As you want to grow in your walk with the Lord, this is it. All right, text FAITH to 910-424-1298 to sign up for that. Let me pray for you, and I'll let you go, okay? Jesus, we thank you. We thank you that your grace is on us. We thank you that we now have faith as a gift from God to be able to trust you that we have everything we need for all of life and godliness in Christ Jesus to live faithful to who you've called us to be. Thank you, Jesus. We love you. We pray this in your name. Amen. God bless you guys. We love you. Have a great week. See you next Sunday.